Gunnesti, how are ye? Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast. We tell Irish myths with music and have a chat about it in the next episode. My name is Sarika and I'm here with my brother Aaron Hegarty. This week we are continuing the invasion series with the story of Partholon, told by Sarika. This podcast is brought to you thanks to our Patreon supporters. Thank you. Go to candlelittales.ie to find out more about us or follow us on any social media at Candlelit Tales. Now, Sarika. Tell us a story, will you? You could see that he was cursed, the big man. You could see it in the hollows of his eyes. You could see it in the slight tremble of his big, rough hands. You could see it by the way that no seed he ever planted grew or flourished, or blossomed. This would be a bad thing indeed in a farmer. But it was a much worse thing in a king. But he wouldn't be a king if he weren't cursed. He'd won his kingship in the very act that had brought this curse down on him. The killing of his father, the king. But there are some things that you just don't do. And the killing of the king, your father, is one of them. So, the big man, Partholon, was cursed. Cursed as a slayer of his own kin. Cursed as the killer of his own mother and father. Cursed for the crown that he now wore. It was his destiny that nothing he ever did would come to anything. But he was a strong man, a determined man, a father of six sons who were all married as well, a leader of a great clan of people who would follow him still in spite of his curse. And he got to thinking. And he got to talking to his wife, Dalgnet. And they got to wondering if perhaps there was a place somewhere on this earth, a place where they could outrun their own destiny. And so Partholon left the lands of his birth, the lands where he had grown up as a great warrior and prince, the lands where his frustration had grown and blossomed and borne that bitter, violent fruit and led him to that dark and terrible deed. 
and he led those who would still follow him on a voyage to find a place that was outside of destiny to find a place where this curse could not find him a place where he would be safe and so they took everything of value to them Parthalon and his children and his children's children and all of those that would still follow him and his wife Delgadet and they sailed they sailed from a land in the Mediterranean up and around the peninsula and up to an island that seemed outside of time outside of place rising like a cloud in the mists looking like the kind of island that might disappear on a strange tide looking like it was not quite part of this world and when his people landed there on this misty empty island lakes burst forth as if the land were welcoming them embracing them and telling Parthalon that he need not fear that this island outside of destiny would take him in and keep him safe that all his past was behind him now and now there was only the future clean and bright and stretching out before him not darkened by any violence or betrayal Parthenon's people drove their cattle onto this land the first cattle this land had ever seen Parthenon's people spread out and explored and they found the island empty almost empty Far in the north, the people of Parthalon encountered another people. Strange people. Shapeshifters, who seemed as at home in the water as they were on the land. The Fomorians, the Fwiwara, the people of under the sea. Parthalonians saw them as a challenge but Parthalon he did not want to fight he did not want to bring violence to this new place lest the curse find him out through it so he challenged the Fomorians to a different kind of battle a battle of wills and magic It was decided by the druids and not the warriors. And they stood as druids stand when they cast their spells. On one leg, with one arm behind their backs, and one eye closed. And they gazed upon each other, these druids. And whatever forces they called upon were invisible to Partholon. But they battled 
And at last, it was the Fomorians who yielded. They left the island to Partholon. They went back to the sea and their island of Tori. And Partholon and his people found the place they wanted to settle. Good green land ringed by mountains and hills. Plains of Tala. And there they lived. And there they prospered. And what his people sowed grew in the good green earth. Their brewers brewed beer, the first beer, on this island. The first hostels were opened. The first motions of hospitality. The beginnings of new customs. The foundations of a legacy that would live long after Partholon. Long after his darkest days and his darkest deeds were forgotten. So Partholon told himself. So he wanted to believe. That all of the violence, all of the betrayal, all of the curses were long ago and far away. But he could not shake the feeling that this land was not so far outside of destiny as all of that. That this curse might seek him out someday. He took himself out hunting to try to outrun this feeling of being watched. This feeling of time running out and the walls closing in. He left his wife Dalgnet with his servant Torpa. Left them sitting there together in the middle of a conversation the three had been having. He stood abruptly and stalked out. He needed to quench his restlessness. He needed. Not violence. It didn't count when it was an animal. But he needed to do something. And so he hunted. And he ran. Until he was exhausted. Until he had killed something that had been alive at the beginning of the day. Until he'd quelled that restlessness inside him. That restlessness that he thought of as the curse coming closer. And he came back to where he'd left his wife. To where he'd left his servant Torpa. Exhausted. Sweating. And with blood on his hands. And Delgnet handed him his drinking cup. And he took a deep, deep draught. And from the lip of that cup, he tasted. He tasted what the two of them had done while he was gone. While he was out hunting, he tasted the betrayal of his wife with his servant. 
and Partholon flung his drinking cup to the ground where it shattered and he turned on them. And it was Torpa that he seized first, the young man, the young servant, and Partholon crushed the life out of him. And then he rounded on his wife, Delgnet. But she did not cower away from her husband. Huge though he was, furious though he was, she looked at him calmly. And she said, You have wronged me. You had no right to kill my lover. Perhaps it was the shock that stayed Partholon's hands from killing his own wife as he'd killed her lover. Delgnet demanded a trial and all of the people were gathered and Partholon said little. He told them what had happened that he had left his wife with a servant and gone hunting, that she did not deny that she had betrayed him and that he had killed the man who dishonoured his wife and himself. But of course he had. Somewhere at the back of his mind, Partholon thought, that he had not shed the young man's blood. Perhaps it would still be all right. Perhaps it was the blood, the blood of a man that the curse was looking for. Perhaps it would not find him because he'd choked the man and not stabbed him. But Delgnet was speaking. She made a long speech. She recited a whole poem to the assembled people. But what it boiled down to was honey with a woman, meat with a child, milk with a cat. Each with each carries great risk. As far as Delgnet was concerned, If her husband did not want her to sleep with a handsome young man, he should not leave her alone with a handsome young man. And Partholon's people agreed. That was the first trial ever held on this land. This new island that Partholon hoped was outside of destiny. The first trial and the first judgment awarded to Delgnet against her husband Partholon in the slaying of the servant Torpa. It did not seem so terrible. Their people flourished in that good green land. Their crops grew, their herds increased. Partholon's sons and grandsons grew tall and strong. They spoke the language of their forebears. He could see it stretching out ahead of them, 
a legacy in this new soil, in this new land. You could feel it almost within reach that he had escaped his curse that what he built here would last he hoped he hoped so desperately but always there was that feeling that feeling of being watched Was it the curse coming closer? Was it a pair of eyes staring at him from the sky? Was it the land looking back, judging him, finding him wanting? He did not know. He died not knowing died of old age and was buried never sure if the curse had found him or not never sure what eyes had been watching him all his time on this island he lived cursed and he died cursed And the island he came to was not outside of destiny. Years after his death, a plague came on the Parthenonians. A terrible and a deadly sickness. Far worse than any other. It killed the old killed the young it killed the healthy it killed the weak one by one every single one of them every one of the descendants of those who had followed the cursed king and all their works and all they'd built and all they'd planted and all their hopes and all their dreams all died though some say there was one who survived the plague Tuan son of the brother of Partholon Starn. It's said that he survived by changing, shifting shape, perhaps a trick he learned from the Fuivira in the north, that by changing he escaped the plague, and by fleeing into the wild he was safe. And some say Tuin lived for five thousand years coming back as a guide and a help to those who came after. But others say that that was a different man and a different story. And that the peoples of Partholon 
ended with a curse. Thank you for listening. That was the story of Parthalon told by Sorica, my sister, and the other co-founder of Candlelit Tales with music from Rue O'Shea and also produced with help from Oshin Ryan. Now, we get a lot of help from Patreon to do these podcasts and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support we get from people who've gone to patreon.com forward slash Candlelit Tales or people who've made a one-off donation to throw a bit of money in the cap on our PayPal link through our website. You can find out about our course content, our storytelling teaching, and what we're doing live streamed and going out online on our YouTube channel or go to our website to find out more about the courses we offer as well. Get in touch on the socials, follow us on all of them, like, share, spread the wealth and wisdom of these old stories. And if you want to like and subscribe to our channel and hit the bell icon, you'll be notified of when we go live next. Till then, well, we'll be chatting about this episode in our next podcast, The Post Show Chats. Till then, take care and thanks for listening. <laughs>